the female body is really good at storing fat Mm -hmm. and stress, stress responses, turn that dial up. It Mm. improves that capability for the body to store fat. And we have to regulate our stress levels because of that. So when we have a stress response, the body will say, okay, we're going on high alert. We're going to go into a protective mode. The body never does anything without a reason. It always has a reason for doing this. And sometimes we might not agree with the reason or might not (laughs) accept the reason be like, well, this is the same amount of stress I'm always under. Nothing's really changed that much. I should be used to it by now. You might think that you can be used to it, but your body's going to react in a different way. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian and helped my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. Welcome everyone to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Today we have Dr. Beth Westy. She is the author of the best-selling book, The Female Fat Solution, the creator of the Eat for Your Cycle method, and the host of the Female Health Solution podcast. She has made it her mission to help women use nutrition to work with their natural cycle to achieve lasting weight loss results. Today, she's gonna talk with us about the relationship between insulin resistance and stress. Welcome back, Dr. Beth Westy. Yay, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this. Same. Yes. Welcome back for listeners. This is second time that Dr. Beth Westy has been on our podcast. The first time you were on, it was, we had such a great time. Our listeners loved you and really requested you to come back on the podcast. So we're so happy to have you here on again. As Ty mentioned, we're going to talk about specifically like the relationship between insulin resistance and stress and how the two of them can be connected and create a vicious cycle that goes back and forth. So it's going to be really interesting for our listeners. Doctor, could you give us an introduction or like a, like a little BTS behind the scenes about yourself? Yes. Yeah. So I live in Minnesota. I, I grew up on a, <laughs> I grew up on a goat farm in Minnesota um, <laughs> and I was an athlete my whole life. Still am, you know, very active, you know, different sports, things like that. And um, I'm married, have three kids. That are they're 16, 14, and 12 now. So wow, that's a good good age range, too. Yes, yes. And I, yeah, I love what I do. I love, you know, talking about women's health and hormones and everything, and really sort of getting down to the nitty-gritty of information like this because a lot of people I had I talked to somebody yesterday and she was so frustrated and she kept going in. She has gone in, I'm not kidding, I think it was like 15 different appointments in the past couple of years because she's like, Mm -hmm. I need help, I need help. And she kept trying her regular practitioners, or they would send her to a specialist or something. Cause she insisted. And she's like, I, you know, and it was, she's had cysts and things like that. Yeah. And she's gained weight and all these things. And they just keep telling her, you just have to lose weight. And she's like, I'm literally doing everything to lose weight. And it is not happening. Like I, it, there's something else, like what else is wrong with me? And then they're like, oh, well you need an, you seem anxious. I think mm. you need an anti-anxiety med or something. Right. And she went into a different OB. This was, I think her 12th appointment or something. And it was more than 10 for sure. 
And she said, okay, is somebody going to like talk to me about the PCOS or whatever? Cause I had somebody tell me previously about something about cysts on my ovaries that they saw. So, you know, are they still there? Like, can we check again? Cause that was, you know, like eight months ago at this point yeah. now. And the doc was like, yeah, I see that in your chart that you had some cysts on your ovaries. You should see someone for that. Oh my God. <laughs> She's like, um, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm, I'm here you. for. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. That's I, I feel, like the, an ultrasound should be like the immediate thing that's done in that situation, especially for any anyone with cysts. It should be done every six months or every year to make sure there's some sort of progress happening. Unfortunately, yeah. the only thing that they say is to go on birth control. And then that makes all the root issues of the problem worse. Like insulin resistance gets worse. When you're on birth control, then you get off and it's even harder to lose weight because now you've been ignoring your insulin resistance and it's been getting worse because of the birth control. Yes. And now Mm -hmm. you're stressed and now now you're gaining more weight. (laughs) So what do we do? (laughs) It's a perfect segue right now by telling about insulin and stress. Everything's a segue to insulin resistance. (laughs) Bring me any topic about PCOS and I'll segue it right into insulin resistance (laughs) and weight gain. You're not wrong, though. You're not wrong. I know. I'm not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I always turn to see it. But I'm right, right? I'm right. Aren't I right? Yes. It's like nodding like, yes, yes. <laughs> so I guess let's get started with that. Like, where where would be a right place to start about the, the vicious cycle between insulin resistance and stress? Should we, should we start out with insulin resistance first? And- sure. Yeah. Dr. Beth. Yeah. So how do we tackle it? Yeah. With insulin resistance. I mean, I love to just kind of identify exactly what it is for people to understand, because a lot of times we blame what we're eating like, Oh, you're just eating too much sugar. Oh, this and this and this and blah. And that's really causing the insulin resistance when really the insulin resistance, it has to do with your cells receptors it's on a cellular level that Mm -hmm. your body for insulin and glucose to enter the cell and your cells need glucose to function and do things. They need to have insulin with it. They're buddies. They're buddies. It's like girls going to the bathroom together. You never go without your buddy. You're like (laughs) just hand in hand, they go in together. Right. But if they're not able to accept the insulin. So if that receptor is busted or not there or change shape or whatever it is, the insulin receptor isn't there. The glucose can't enter the cell. So therefore that cell cannot function. And the hard thing for us to kind of, I think, think about is that when we break down our health and nutrition and everything else, it comes down to a cellular level, but we can't like see that, you know, what you see, and I'm using air quotes with my fingers, what you see is, oh, this is just what's on my plate. And then you eat it and then you like, don't necessarily think about it because you can't see what's happening beyond that. You know, the digestive process, the upload process, all of that. You might feel it. Yes. Yeah. You would feel it. And what people can feel is that they'll eat a healthy, balanced meal, you know, protein, things like that and think, okay, I ate like this before. And I knew that when I was eating clean, eating good, you know, all that stuff, I would feel more energy, my brain fog got better, you know, all this stuff. And now I'm eating that same healthy way again. I'm actually getting tired after I eat. Mm -hmm. I don't feel good. I don't get that same energy. And then you pick apart what's on your plate more versus Mm -hmm. looking at, 
okay, my body's not functioning the right way. It's like internal that it's not working. And that's why you're not getting that external result. Yeah. yeah. It's a metabolic dysfunction. Yes. It's not because you were overeating or lazy or whatever. Yes. You know, and sometimes you're like born with it. You're predisposed to it. There's diabetes in your family. It's passed down in the form of insulin resistance mm-hmm. and then PCOS symptoms, you know, yeah. and, and having those high insulin levels all the time because of insulin resistance just blocks fat burning and leads to weight gain in the midsection and high testosterone in your ovaries and ovarian cysts and blah, 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 blah. And everyone's like, just lose weight, <laughs> you know? Maddening. It makes me sick. <laughs> it makes me sick. Yes. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. There's genetic reports that I do that I will see genetically people have, they're predisposed to have blood sugar regulation issues, their glucose mm-hmm. and insulin issues, you know, they will go up and down. So they have to be really careful about monitoring that. And like a tiny amount of sugar can have a bigger impact. Like just eating sugar by itself can have a bigger impact on their system because genetically they're predisposed to that. Mm-hmm. Versus somebody who's not, you know? Yeah. yeah. How does stress play a role in all of this? Because people just think like, oh, like I'm not eating, like I'm just stressed. Like how could I gain weight from stress? Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is really specific to the female body that the female body is really good at storing fat mm-hmm. and stress, stress responses turn that dial up. It Mm. improves that capability for the body to store fat. The female body is designed to have more fat storage than the male body. And, you know, sometimes people are like, well, that kind of stinks. Okay. But it's just, it is what it is. And we have to regulate our stress levels differently just because of that. So when we have a stress response, the body will say, okay, we're going on high alert. We're going to lock things down. We're going to go into a protective mode. The body never does anything without a reason. It always has a reason for doing this. And sometimes we might not agree with the reason or might not (laughs) accept the reason be like, well, this is the same amount of stress I'm always under. Nothing's really changed that much. I should be used to it by now. Okay. You might think that you can be used to it, but your body's going to react in a different way. Mm -hmm. That's what you have to listen to and really have your system you know, shift and change how it's responding because that stress was, it's like a switch that gets flipped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when it gets turned on, it is on and it is on focused on survival. It's yeah. not focused on getting to your goals or happiness or anything else. Your body doesn't care about yeah. that. It cares. Did I survive? Yeah. And that survival is, you know, shown in the fat storage and it, mm-hmm. it will be anything like you could eat celery and you will gain weight from celery. Seriously. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and D-chiro-inositol. This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body, but with women like like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I 
don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. I mean, it makes so much sense when you look at it because like if you look at what maybe our ancestors experienced like hundreds of thousands of years ago, or let's just say thousands of years ago, when there was not enough food or when there was a high amount of stress happening, what the body wants to do is retain weight so that it can survive. So at the same mechanism is happening now, but it's just not as a, it's not an advantageous thing because we're not going through like a, of course, everyone's different, but we're not going through like life altering stresses. Instead, it's just stress from everyday life, maybe from going to work, school, family, things like this is what's causing this like abundant amount of stress causing, you know, the insulin resistance and metabolism not to work uh, properly. Yeah. I've heard, and I don't know if it's true, and I don't know if there's a study on it, but I've heard that people with a history of famine, warfare, uh, trauma in their like recent history, maybe their grandparents, maybe their great grandparents or their parents, that trauma like can be passed down in the form of insulin resistance and like a high stress response. And, you know, genetically, you might be set up for this type of PCOS picture. And it like totally makes sense to me, but I can't completely like validate it because in in most history, like there is trauma, you know? Yeah. So it's like, how do you decipher and like, what kind of study do you do to really determine that? But it makes sense. (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) You're, you're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong. No, seriously. That's, that's like exactly it. When you look at, you're talking about genetics and epigenetics. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have the genetic makeup of having insulin resistance and be at risk for PCOS and all these other things. And say you have 10 sisters, right? And genetically, say eight out of 10 of you happen to have the same genetic makeup, but maybe only six out of 10 of you have PCOS. Why or why not? Right. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to that whole gene expression. So, some of the things to kind of look into, and if you're into like diving down the rabbit hole of looking at this, it would be the phrasing is, you know, genetics loads the gun, mm-hmm. methylation turns off the safety, mm-hmm. and your environment, lifestyle, and experience pulls the trigger. Wow. Wow. So, it, it can vary. It absolutely can vary. And those things are also passed down through generation. There is generational trauma. It impacts your DNA. And oftentimes it's passed down through the mother's lineage. So you would have been created in your grandmother's body, right? Because when your grandmother was pregnant with your mother, then your mother's, you know, egg formation, everything else, that was you. It makes all the sense in the world to me. There yeah. has been like, cause we're Armenian. So my great grandparents were in the Armenian genocide. My grandparents suffered, um, you know, the next yeah. generation of like survival in Turkey. And my grandma had diabetes. And I personally think it was from, cause she didn't eat unhealthy at all. I think it was from the trauma of it all. And then I always thought to myself like, well, if, uh, if my, me as an egg, was in her womb when she gave birth to my mom. Well, there we have it. PCOS. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom and this has period problems and yeah. 
Yes. Yes. And this is not a, a way to like blame someone else or whatever, no, but no. a lot of times it's helpful to understand like, yeah. cause it's like, why is it like this? I work so hard or I'm doing this or like my life is good. I don't have, I've worked hard to not have a lot of stress and I eat really well and I exercise and I have a good lifestyle, right. As good as I can. Why am I still having these problems? It can stem from that, which can help you understand, like, listen, these were just the cards that you were dealt, mm-hmm. you know? So it's how you play that hand. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't necessarily mean like getting a massage every week. It's your mindset. It's like how you think, how you decide to think, how yeah. you learn about your own psychology and yourself and go about your life. Because, yeah. you know, if you don't do that, like self-work, you're going to be stressed. It's going to show in some way. It's going to mm. manifest itself mm. as anxiety or PCOS or something. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's there's always going to be stress like externally. There's always there's always going to be stress around you. It's how you're setting yourself up day to day with your self care, with just having the right mindset, like Talian said, so that when those when that stressful event does pop up, you're able to manage it without letting it affect you, you know, biologically and mentally, like physically. So yeah, yes, absolutely. And the thing I'm going to use your history as an example of how this can manifest in your, in somebody's life. Like, and this is just for like self-reflection for people, right? Like you are the expert on you, your body, your history, all this stuff. And oftentimes when you go into the doctor, they're not going to ask you these questions. You know what I mean? Tell me about your grandparents. No, you know what I mean? (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Right. They're shipping it in and out of there pretty dang quick. Right. So what we're, what we're looking at here is, okay. So your grandparents, you know, lived through a, a horrific time right? Mm -hmm. That had an impact on your mother, her health, which then has an impact on you. And then when we look at like your life experience, the top typical stressors in human life are birth, death, Mm -hmm. marriage, divorce, moving job change. Wow. Like those things. So oftentimes, and this is just what I find clinically when I, you know, from working with thousands of women is that when you look at your history to be like, okay, these were the cards that you were dealt. How has your life shifted and changed? And if they're like, oh yeah, I guess three years ago I got a different job and then, oh, we'll throw in pandemic as well with the whole life stressors things, right? Uh And then COVID happened and then my, you know, parent, one of my parents died or something like Mm. that. Those are three big things that are very big life stressors that your system will have a response to. Yeah, Your body will react even if you're, trying to make it not react, right? It's the survival mechanism sure. of it. But because you have that genetic predisposition to things, then it can manifest like harsher in mm-hmm. your system than it would somebody else. So for example, a husband and wife who's like, she you know, has genetic predisposition to things, he maybe does not. And they go through like, oh, we've moved as a family and there was a death in the family and these stressful things, but it's harder for her than it is for him. Yeah. Why would, why would that be? And it would come down to then to next. So it's important to kind of look at the context of all of it. Like, what have you been through and how has your body handled all of that? Cause that, that plays a big role in how your system then can handle the regular day-to-day stressors. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the impact of course, on your insulin resistance and how your body uses energy and stores energy and all of that stuff. 
Yeah. That is so interesting. Yeah. Now, everyone who's listening, rack your brain. What has happened in the past few years? Yeah. You know, because these are not uncommon things. People get divorced, people change jobs, the pandemic has thrown us all oh, yeah. off. All these things happen. You're not alone. And it could impact you more aggressively than it's, others. Yeah, it's it's crazy when you think about it, but it's almost like our parents, our great grandparents. It's like they they're giving like a USB <laughs> a USB disc generation to generation of trauma of experience yes. and that's like ingrained into our DNA right like sometimes we think oh like the only thing that's in our genes our DNA is physical features like brown eyes or being having like blonde hair or etc but you know there's even more there's that trauma or there's just like that it's, it's almost like you know when you look at animals and like for example like dogs right like you, you get a puppy and that puppy has never hung out with another dog. And then somehow they know to lift their leg and pee. Like every dog knows this. How is every dog at the same time sink, like syncing up and peeing with their leg up all around the world? And then they, they don't have Facebook or Instagram to like, oh, look at how I'm peeing today. You know, like, no, they don't know that. So obviously something is happening there. Like biologically, like there's some sort of information being transferred from generation to generation so why couldn't that happen with us right like the trauma the stresses that could be a reason why sometimes we just can't handle this these external environmental like stressful impacts so i think it all makes sense to me yeah that's literally exactly it and this is why also speaking of like dogs and what's you know bred in them like we have we have two dogs and they're hunting dogs and one of the dogs comes from a line of like some of the best hunters in the midwest oh really one of them yeah gary wow. murray and gary are my dogs wow. <laughs> gary i know i did not name them but gary is oh my gosh like the way he hunts and he's just a voracious hunter and like mm. you can see it like murray is good like and they're very well trained you know to go after ducks and pheasant they're bird dogs because um, they're springer spaniels and the way that they do things is similar but when when gary's on a bird it is incredible to see him like, and, and again, I'm not like, this isn't my specialty or anything. My husband does all the yeah. hunting and stuff with the dogs, but he's in a completely different realm and you can yeah. see it, but he was bred for that. Yeah. And it's the, so you're absolutely right. Like it's this thing that things can be passed on through generations. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of a bummer to be like, well, okay, I guess that's, you know, that's my yeah. family history. Or if there's people who are like, I was adopted, I don't know my family history. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, that's another trauma layered in right there too. Absolutely. To be aware of, yeah. you know? Yeah. PCOS is a survival mechanism though, To when you think about it. So it's, Yes, it's a like, of course, we can see it as a bad thing because of all the symptoms and everything. But if you hone in on it and you manage your symptoms, that little bit of extra testosterone gives you more strength. And the reason why you're here today is because your ancestors had some PCOS, maybe not as serious as we do now with all the stimulation, but because they had some PCOS, they were able to have less pregnancies, survive the pregnancies that they did have and the strength to escape famine and warfare. Yeah. So that's why we're here today. So if we can also learn how to uncrack our hormone code and figure out how to like simmer down a little bit, given all the stimulation we have and how our lifestyle is just a concoction of chronic minor like stress just like constantly yeah. happening you know mm -hmm. if we can just learn how to handle that we can hone in on our pcos and it could be our strength too yeah yeah i love the way that you've 
phrase that like that constant micro stress mm. that we are exposed to, like the way humans live their lives now versus the way they lived them even a hundred years ago, we are constantly bombarded with yeah. information. We carry it around in our hand all yes. the time. Yes. Right. That adds to the stress. So maybe you're like, well, I haven't had this or in the past five years or 10 years, I've lived a good life. Great. Mm-hmm. But you've had that constant micro stress and the way things are going, it's not necessarily going to change, right? Unless yeah. you yeah. just Turn buy an island up. and yeah, buy, live <laughs> on an island and live off of coconuts the rest of, you know, whatever. I don't know. Frankly, during the pandemic, I know maybe it's not smart, but I just did not watch the news. I didn't watch the news. I waited for Sirak or my sister to tell me if there was something serious that I needed to know, like put your mask on. And I just, other than that, I did not know what was going on, nor did I need to care. It was going to take a whole toll on me. And no, like I'll have, I can't, I can't. It's a micro stress. I don't think we're built to know about all this information, but like, I don't think we're made to know what's happening on the complete other side of the world mm-hmm. like me in los angeles isn't supposed to know what's happening in beijing or what's happening in australia right like our ancestors didn't grow up with all this amount of information coming in and out every day in newspaper or every day twitter every day this like so this is yeah. so much information for our brain that i don't think our brain has come to the point where it can process all this information and not stress out about it sometimes you'll be swiping on instagram and you're looking at recipes and then the next thing you see is this horrible thing that happened that was on the news and it's like a clip of it and your cortisol goes up in that second you know and you're like totally sucked in and you're reading the caption and you're watching it over and over again and it's like or you're trying to you're trying to have a good time and all of a sudden it tells you a recession is around the corner you're like all right man i'm just trying to chill out for a second i was just trying to chill i was just looking at my phone to chill and now i'm reading about the recession (laughs) it's like it's too much. And you know, what's also a micro stress, uh, driving in traffic, driving in, tra- especially LA, tr- these little things we don't think are a big deal. Driving yeah. in traffic for an hour is a micro stress, uh, sitting at your cubicle at your desk for five hours straight without getting up because you're so into your work and you literally like, can't peel yourself away micro stress, Mm -hmm. you know, very bad for insulin resistance. Uh, What else? I don't know, like an inflammatory phone call from somebody who's just going on, who thinks they can just call you any time of day and go on a tangent because everyone's on their phones and nobody has any more self, like phone etiquette. Yeah, etiquette, yeah. You wouldn't just do that in the, you know, before we're bombarded and we don't even know because we're so used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I use the, that, but yeah, I use the analogy of like rocks in a backpack. I didn't come up with this analogy, but I mean, if you think about it, you're say you're wearing a backpack and everything that you do, you wake up, you don't get regular sleep because you don't have a good sleep routine and there's ambient noise and light while you're sleeping. So you wake up, that's a rock in your backpack. You immediately look at your phone and there's a message from somebody at work. You're the, mm. the turd burger at work that you've got to <laughs> navigate whatever with, right? That's another rock in your backpack. You don't eat a good breakfast and you just have coffee on an empty stomach and you're, you know, mm-hmm. all this other stuff, another rock in your backpack. You sit in, you know, 45 minutes of traffic with everything. And you're like, yeah, I'm used to that. Yeah. You're used to carrying around this backpack full of rocks all day. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean it's good for you. Exactly. It's yeah. going to catch up to you or 
you're just gonna silently suffer and just be like, I'm like this. I just, I can't lose weight or <sighs> I'm always just bloated or I always have cystic acne. It's just yeah. like genetic. It's just how I am. Is it yeah. how you are or is it the environment that's pulling the trigger? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing I think with the, I love how you say that the environment, like when a flower doesn't bloom, you don't blame the petals. You look at the soil. Yeah. Like, that's a good, that's how, a good analogy. Yeah. Like how, how are you being supported in having a healthy life? Because again, like the, the eating piece the all that stuff, and when we look at the insulin resistance piece of it and the weight gain and that survival mechanism, another big key to that is how much muscle mass you have. Mm -hmm. And if you're mm -hmm. not doing things to maintain and regain muscle strength, you can't turn off that insulin resistance piece. It just mechanically won't work in the body like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I maybe that's a great way. To, I was I want to actually move into. So how can we kind of stop that vicious cycle with stress and insulin resistance? So if, if we get started with some tips, would the first tip kind of be like try to focus on improving the, the lean muscle or the muscle mass in the body? Yes. Yep. Get more lean muscle because when our systems are under stress, it will want to attack. Yeah. That lean muscle. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's one of the main things. So the more lean muscle tissue you can have the better. So getting, you know, clean, healthy proteins, um, strength training. Those are the yes. number one and number two things like you, you have to workouts. do it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, uh, I love, you know, you don't have to like go and like Hulk out yeah, yeah. Yeah. beefcake, you know, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but it is like gaining five pounds of lean muscle will change a lot of yeah. your internal chemistry. And it like will. almost how your body is running, like almost how fast your, your engine is running, yes. how, how efficient it's running, because it's going to help with insulin sensitivity. It's going to help with improving your metabolism, having more energy, and even like you were saying, dealing with stress on, uh, in a better way. Yes, absolutely. Can you Great. fix the genetic predisposition so that when you have kids, it's not as strong for them because you're, you have done all the work for your metabolism. You have muscle mass, your egg quality is there because your insulin levels are stable, you know? So now are you less likely to pass down this metabolic syndrome, this issue? Yeah, you can make bigger, you can make good improvements for your kids, but also your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing, like the work that you're doing now is not just for your health, your kids health, but it's for your grandchildren, and then their children after that. Yeah, um, there are some studies I've seen where they talk about um, doing generational things in terms of seven generations. So what oh. you do with your health, with your health can impact up to seven generations down. Wow. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for those who, who are listening, like, even though it, it gets really frustrating with PCOS and managing it, and we know it's like, you just want to give up sometimes because everything feels like it doesn't work. Just know that you're working for yourself and the seven generations that come after you. So uh, hopefully that, you know, adds a bit of a, not extra pressure, but you know, just a, what's it called? Motivation, mo motiva motiva motivation, encouragement. Yeah. 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 So uh, besides uh, adding uh, more uh, muscle mass to the body, what, what would be some other uh, major points or major tips you would give to improve uh, insulin resistance and the, the cycle with stress? Yeah. The, um, I know a lot of people and there are supplements, you know, there's adaptogens. I love mm -hmm. using those, all that stuff, but most of it does come down to your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. 
that really is the biggest thing to change because you can be eating the perfect diet, taking the perfect supplements, but if you're not working on building that muscle mass and you're not working on your environment, like the, like the soil, you know, it's that stuff isn't going to work like it's supposed to work. Yeah. You know, it's not able to do what it's meant to do in your system. So it would be really being purposeful in the lifestyle that you have. When you wake up, do not look at your phone. When you, you know, like you, like you didn't watch the news. Yes. Beautiful. That makes such a positive impact. Honestly, what difference did it make in life that Tallinn didn't watch the news? No (laughs) difference. Did I, did anything change about the pandemic? What if you missed something about Beyonce? Well, someone would have told me. I'm sure Instagram would have popped up that up on my feed. But, That's great. Yeah, you'd yeah. be surprised what a huge difference it what does not make. What if Kim K was pregnant with another child? Yourself with like, what? What if Kim K was pregnant with no. child number five? Is it five? I don't know. Okay, I'll matter. find out. My sister will tell me if I need to know it. You know. But I, I really like the analogy of like the soil and the flowers. So I may use that with your permission, if you don't mind. Like, in the oh, future. that's not mine. You know, oh, okay, like okay. a lot of the stuff that I say, yeah, use away. I mean, but it it makes sense for people, right? Because you yeah. flowers not blooming, you blame the petal, you yeah. pick at the petal and all that stuff. But it's really the soil and yeah. the soil. It's it's your environment. It's your daily lifestyle. So a lot of times yeah. people look for the fancy new thing to add. What can I do? What can I change? What can I take? Mm-hmm. And there are a list of things that you can do, but those aren't really going to work unless you actually change your day-to-day schedule, which is the hardest thing to do because your results right now are cumulative for what you've been doing. Yeah, Your health is cumulative. Mm-hmm. It is not a one-off. It is not a whatever. So you have to change what is cumulative. What are you building? If you're building a brick wall, what kind of bricks are you laying down? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's what you have to start to change and build. You can't change whatever's been laid so far, but you can make the next layer and the next layer and the next layer that much better. I love that. Great. So I, I think that's a that's a great way to end this topic about insulin resistance, yeah. the cycle of stress. Dr. Beth, where can people find you, like your social media and your website if people want to work with you? Yeah. So I am on the interwebs, the (laughs) (laughs) Facebook and Instagram, and more recently, the TikTok. Oh, nice. Nice. That's the place to be. I'm telling you, that's the place to be. It's it's the wild west out there. It's the wild west. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I don't understand what's happening. Or like I go on there and I'll be like, why is this on my Oh my God. Yeah. Stress. No, no, I'm telling you, I don't go on TikTok. I do not scroll. I don't get sucked in. It's another stressor. It's a thing. But you know, what's funny is that I did come across a few things where I was like, you know what? This is actually great. I got a thing that cleans my washer. Oh yeah. The vinegar stuff. Oh, you know what? My washing machine smells amazing now. It does not smell weird. (laughs) So uh, there, there's the benefit and the curse of it, I'll say. Yeah. The blessing and the, and the curse. So anyway, so uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Dr. Beth Westy. My website is drbethwesty.com. My YouTube is Dr. Beth Westy. And then my podcast is The Female Health Solution. So amazing. Awesome. Do you have any oh. new programs or any, uh, any like programs you're offering at the moment? So right now I am doing a lot of Dutch testing, which is the oh, nice. uh, urine testing for your conference of hormones, where we measure 
what your adrenal function is, what your cortisol levels are. And that is where I also can like see, yep, you've got adrenal insufficiency. You've got these cortisol issues and you're really at a big risk for having that insulin resistance. I can see it on those tests. So, yeah. so for some people, if they're wondering like, is this really me? Do I really, sometimes getting the testing is really helpful for that confirmation. Yes. Yeah. We, we love testing. We always say test, don't guess, just because mm -hmm. it's not really going to give you the next steps of like what to do and, and what to focus on. So we love Definitely. that. Yeah. Great. Well, everyone will put that information in the description. So if you want to head over to Dr. Beth Wesley's website, just go to the description of this episode and you'll be able to hop on over there. Thank you again, doctor, for coming on here, talking about insulin resistance, uh, stress, but also we kind of went into generational trauma yes. and how that can be, uh, be connected with PCOS. So I think it was a really cool new topic that we talked about for the first time on this, on this podcast. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us. And for anyone who's listening, who needs a bit of stress management, I think we should have mentioned in this episode, CBD is very helpful. And we're going to leave the link in the description as yeah. well. <laughs> Just Very, take some fair. CBD. After listening to this, if people are like gripping their steering wheel, like, oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. seriously, CBD. Yes. Yes. Get a gummy. All it's all good. <laughs> all right. Talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you for you. being on. Bye sisters. Take Bye. care. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.